Growing your business is tough, but don't worry, we've got you covered. We interview industry experts on how they've solved their most challenging business problems in SaaS or e-commerce. No fluff, just step-by-step playbooks to help you dominate your market and crush the competition. This is the How We Solve podcast. Here's your host. I'm David Hensley, your host. Welcome to another episode of the How We Solve It show. I'm here with Jeroen Korthout, and I probably butchered your name. I'm very sorry for this. He's the founder and CEO of Salesflare, super cool and modern CRM for all of you who don't like to use an interface that was built in the 1980s, aka Salesforce. Glad to have you on the show. Glad to be here. So which problem are we solving today? We're solving the problem of sales automation. And before we get into this, you want to give a quick elevator pitch on Salesflare. What do you guys do? Salesflare is, like you said, a more modern CRM for small businesses. Uh, it's mostly used by agencies and startups or software companies, but a bit more broadly as well, but main people that are using it. And the main difference with other, let's say, sales CRMs that are a bit more modern is that it automates your data input. So you don't really need to spend your day inputting data in your CRM to keep it up to date and to have a useful CRM. It does the work for you. Awesome. It's a really cool tool. I've been using it for a while, so definitely check it out. At which state in your business did you think about sales automation? And where were you at when this got kicked off? Obviously at each stage, because uh, that's, that's one of the reasons we started Salesforce as well, is to, to help people to automate sales. The example I'd like to talk about to, to explain how we go about sales automation was when we were... Um, let's say just launching online with Salesforce. I think it was end of 2016. And we started working with Intercom, chatting with people online and started formalizing sort of the, the follow-up we did with customers. Okay. What was the main thing that you want to solve with, uh, with sales automation? The main thing we want to solve is that we want to free up energy from tasks that don't really need that energy sort of the really basic follow-up that you do over and over again to make sure we eliminate a lot of the time spent on that and make sure that we can then redirect that time towards things that that add more value. Not that this is not valuable, but it's something that doesn't need human energy every day. In terms of tools, frameworks, services, consultants, agencies, what did you what did you use to, to tackle it? In terms of um, tools, uh, we used Intercom here because that's the tool we're we're using for for the chatting. So the chatting was going through that, and we also used it to automate. In terms of frameworks, didn't really check any external frameworks. Just uh, our general way of approaching things regarding automation, which is to do it manual manually first, and then start automating it step by step. Okay, I guess we can jump straight into you know how, how you actually solve it. You already start out with you know start start out doing it manual. The way we always start with things is, is not specifically with sales. Anything we try to automate at Salesforce, and we are a small company serving a lot of customers, so there's a there's a need to automate a lot of things. We first start doing it manual anyway. It's sort of along the same lines as um, I forgot his name for a moment, blacking out, but um, doing things that don't scale. Paul Graham. As a nice blog post on that. It's sort of that uh, line of thinking. So that you first see how things are done one by one. 
really explore that. Use your empathy with every single person you're working with to find out the best approach. Analyze the reactions you're getting and start iterating a bit very fast to get better reactions from what you're doing. Because if you start automating right away, you immediately start making these feedback loops longer because somehow you need to formalize the thing you're doing. And if you do that too early, then there's more work involved in changing. Well, if you're doing the thing one by one, you can spend your time easily on trying new stuff and you will almost do it automatically. So when thinking about us automating our follow-up with customers, the main thing we were looking to do is to get in contact with people when they sign up for a trial with Salesflare, but to only do that with people that actually showed some significant engagement with Salesflare because we have a lot of people just just uh, making a trial. You, They just make a trial to click around, see how it's different from other CRMs. They do that on a list of CRMs and they don't really do anything in the software. So we, we could try to get in contact with these people, maybe to help them with a comparison. But the goal we had here was to make sure that people who actually start working with Salesflare get the proper follow-up to take away all the, the, the potential questions they might have or issues and solve that for them. So our objective was to get in contact with them. And that's not an easy thing nowadays because a lot of people like to do things themselves. And when people start contacting them, they, they become wary. So we tried all kinds of things to mostly send them chat messages and see what would be the, the best way to get a reaction. Based on specific things they did in the CRM? Or? Yeah, we, we looked at different things. We looked at whether they installed a certain thing or whether they, um, they made a certain amount of customers. And that was also part of this uh, first manual process is finding out actually what is the point at which it makes most sense to, to get in touch. Okay, cool. So first step, do it manually, figure out what works. And then next step? Next step is to actually find out when you're ready for the next step, let's say. And that's detecting when you've, when you've nailed your approach. So when you see that you're starting to get good reactions and when you're iterating, don't really feel like big improvements anymore. Plus, when you start feeling that you're kind of a robot repeating a routine over and over, something that, that seems to work, like I just said, then you should start thinking about writing down a sort of templated process on how to do something. And when you have that process, then you're probably ready to uh, take it to an automation step if, if feasible. Did you use any tools for this, like a process street or something along these lines, or just like Google Docs does this process? I usually fire up a notepad on my computer and I start typing some bullet points. That's my uh, general approach to most things. No fancy uh, flowchart or something. So if uh, thinking about this example, it tested some things and it seemed that the more human and informal we made the message, the most more reactions we got. This means also writing the message, as, uh, not, not as uh, beautiful, but sort of conversational. So the, the thing that seemed to work best after a while was, how's it going, John, or first name, finding all the features. And that worked best for us to get reactions. And we found out that the best moment to send this when, was when they were actually, actually like properly committing to using Salesflare. And the way we measure that in a, a sort of simplified version is to see how many customers they've created in the software. So how many uh, customers they're tracking. 
And when that reaches a certain point, then we consider that customer activated, so to speak. And that's also when we do the first uh, reach out to see whether we can get them then from being activated to uh, a subscriber. Because it's a free trial model, right? So first it's people a free don't trial pay. model. Yeah. It's time-based 30 days or 15 days or something like this. Right now it's 14 days. That will soon change though, because we're, we're making it a, we call it now internally a gamified trial. So you'll be able to earn more uh, trial days based on setup steps that you do. But uh, then it will start with seven days, but it could be up to, up to 30 or more. So when we uh, looked at how to know who to follow up, we basically built a segment in, uh, in Intercom. You can set some filters, get a list, and start going these people, through these people one by one, sending them follow-up messages. And that was sort of a daily thing to do. But it, it quickly starts feeling like you're doing robot work. And then the next step is uh, seeing whether you can actually automate it. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then how do you automate it? How do you figure out if it's automatable and, or if you have diminishing returns when you actually do it automated? That's indeed the, the thing to, to figure out. So to look at the feasibility to automate it while still keeping the same sort of results. So things to look at is uh, are there tools that can automate the thing that I'm doing? Maybe yes, maybe no. Can they do it in a reliable way? It's also with many uh, automation tools, a, a good question. And then what matters most in, in many cases is whether it will appear automated. And even if it appears, doesn't appear automated or it appears automated, doesn't matter. Will it, will it lower my success rate when I automate it? Or can I keep about the same success rate? Because we're trying to maximize cost and benefit, let's say, input and output. So does the output decrease when I uh, lower the input or not? In many cases, trying to make it seem non-automated is the way to uh, make sure that the output doesn't decrease. And did, did you measure this on response rates? Like how many people engage in a conversation? Like was this your, your metrics that you had? Yeah, response rate. As for us, that, that, well, that's the most important thing here is getting in touch with people. Uh, we looked at response rates and uh, we were doing everything in Intercom already. So first place I would look, of course, was whether to do this with Intercom. If not, I would have probably looked at whether I can do it with something uh, with Zapier based on Intercom. And actually, it was already a built-in functionality. So I just had to copy the, the, the sort of segment I had into an automated chat message. And then whenever a user, as they call it, gets into that segment, then they would get this jet message when they're in the app. So that was super easily automatable. And um, we wrote the message already in a way that was more informal to get a maximum amount of replies, which then automatically made it a better message that doesn't seem automated. These things are kind of connected. It feels a bit more natural and human, which in the end made that Nobody could see the difference, actually, whether I was sending this out manually or it was automated. They could guess, but <laughs> they could have no idea. I mean, as long as the response rate is the same, it doesn't really matter, I guess, right? Yeah. So the, the end result was uh, here, uh, this part of the, the process, let's say, is that I, I had, didn't have to do the manual uh, follow-up every day and uh, we would still get the responses. And when they would respond, then we would obviously pick it up uh, manually, but then they would come with specific things. So that's a part of the process that is not something that can be automated easily, unless you use some kind of bots, but uh, 
there are chatbots that respond to certain things. There's a, there's a few things in interconferences that will suggest you the right article, but this only covers a small amount of the cases. But we had automated the thing that took the most time for no reason. Awesome. So you do it first, you do it manual, then you did figure out like that you have this really nailed down that it works. You see if you can automate it. We in your case, you used intercom. Then you automate and you watch it to make sure that nothing decreases. Yeah, that's the next step. So the next step is is actually setting up the automation, testing it, giving it a few tests to see whether it, it all works well. With some things you don't really need to test with some other things. You better do it, especially if it starts automating at scale. You don't want to have any fuck-ups there. Also, after you set it up, I generally keep some close watch on it to see how it works and what the results are. It always scares me a bit to, to set something like that live. And I, 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 I mean, it's all prospects we're working with and we want them to not have a bad experience with us. So I keep an eye on it for a while. But when I start feeling that uh, it works well, then I can start letting go. So in this case also, just uh, set it up. I kind of had the, the confidence here that it would properly send it out, but still track the results for a while to see whether the, the response rate would stay the same and all these kind of things. What I did notice here is what a thing that we didn't set up was to not send it out when we're not around, which was a bit embarrassing sometimes because people would, would get a message from us like, hey, how's it going? Are you finding all the features? And then they would reply and we wouldn't be there, we'd be sleeping. That was a bit uh, silly. So that's uh, a thing you can find at such points, some auto automation little flaw that doesn't work and then you tweak it. And how do you solve this? So just like once you're there, if you're online, then it sends out these messages, but then the customer may not be there anymore. So, well, it, it only sends, and that's a bit of the, the trade off there then, but it, it only sends now when we are online and they're online because they open the app and we're online, then they get it. Of course, there's some time zones that are in another place and then there, there might not be a lot of overlap, but yeah. Cool. And any other tips on how you solve this automation piece? Yeah, the fifth step is uh, moving on because in the end you've automated something to create time for other things. So you move on, spend the time and energy you want elsewhere. Keep monitoring it somewhat, but if, you, if you've done the last step properly, then probably it should keep working well. But if any issues pop up, you have to solve them. At some point, sometimes you will have to review your automation. We have a ton of automation though running at Salesforce and it doesn't happen too often that I have to change too much but you might change your processes. Like for instance, uh, when we move from the 14 day free trial, what we just mentioned to the, to the sort of uh, variable gamified version, we will have to change some automation here and there because it has some impacts here and there. It depends uh, kind of how I set it up. How do you do this? Like once you change something, you kind of go through it yourself or how do you catch the stuff? Yeah, we go through it ourselves. And also we, we see when things go wrong and we forgot things and then we, we fix it, right? Is the, the majority of automation that you do for sales automation, is this done through Intercom or do you also use other tools? Currently, it's Intercom uh, for a lot of our um, people on trials and using our software. For all other things, we use Salesforce now because we have um, a lot of automation in there as well, combined with a lot of Zapier, Zapier and then other tools. For instance, I have this... Uh, a few different things, like for instance, I think when new people sign up for our software, that they get a LinkedIn connection request from me that's based on Zapier, API, Fi, and DuckSoup. 
And then that will send also a message into Salesforce that this has been done. This is one of the, the steps, like when you have a new customer, you have a checklist on like the stuff that you have want to accomplish with this customer and connecting with them on LinkedIn is like one step on this list or? I don't really have a checklist. It happens automatically. So I sometimes check it when I, so I have another process running in that sees whether a customer is a potential bigger one and then makes a, an opportunity in a Salesforce pipeline and then send some of the necessary information for me to, to follow them up properly to Salesforce. So something that you build custom or is it something that all Salesforce users can use? Everybody can use it, but it's not a built-in thing in the sense that you you have to detect somehow for yourself whether the, the, your prospect is a, a, a bit of a bigger one and maybe auto-create it also. Could this be done via, um, what's it called? Full contact or Clearbit or? Yeah, Clearbit, yeah. We actually have full contact data built in. So based on that, you can also kind of do it, but it, it won't cover everything. Would be kind of a cool feature to offer this to your customers as a built-in feature for, for Salesforce. Or do you have a blog post where you talk about this? No, it's just uh, a thing I started doing three weeks ago, four weeks ago or something. So still testing it out. Cool. Yeah. Once it's ready, I'd, I'd love to see the blog post or <laughs> the feature. Yeah. More, give me more automations. What else do you have? Maybe you could go into the one uh, that you connect, you auto connect with the person on LinkedIn. Technically, could you pull once somebody, you add somebody to Salesflare or, you know, somebody signs up, you automatically add them to Salesflare. And then you could basically pull up through an automation their LinkedIn profile and people could actually connect through it manually without using any duck soups. We actually uh, have full contact integrated, like I said, which uh, pulls up their LinkedIn profile if full contact has it based on their email address. So yes, uh, you can probably do that. Their database is not fully complete. It's probably the best one around, but, but it's not complete. So what I have to take care of that is this true API. I have this, uh, it does a Google search. Uh, for me based on the first name, the last name and a company name, and then takes, uh, and the site is linkedin.com slash in, and then it takes the first result. It's pretty good. It sometimes makes mistakes. And then I send LinkedIn connection requests to the wrong people, but it's not too bad. You, you also send out an automated message with this connection request. Yes, but this is, uh, the, the connection request is a bit harder, but doable with uh, the turbo plan of DuckSoup. So what I have to do that is I have a virtual server on which DuckSoup is uh, constantly running because otherwise I always need a computer on because uh, automating LinkedIn is a, is a client side process. They don't have um, an API on which you can say, hey, connect with this person. So it's something in your browser needs to do it for you. So I run a virtual server on our Google Cloud in which on a, in a Chrome window, I have a DuckSoup plugin running and it checks for new things it needs to do every, I don't know how many seconds. And when it gets uh, the task to connect with someone, it does that. And then it closes the tab again automatically. Oh, interesting. Do you have a blog post on this or is it also something you're just using internally? Just using internally for now. I've also set it up this weekend to trigger based on... Uh, results in a workflow I'm sending. So we just released this thing, email workflows, uh, which allows you to make email sequences, but also sort of onboarding emails, flows, etc. Uh, straight from your CRM. 
And I'm using now the email workflows to sell the email workflows to former users of our software. And what I've set up this weekend is that when someone clicks on one of the links in the, the emails I'm sending, then it does the same flow with a LinkedIn connection request. I forgot the message I'm sending, but it's something like, hey, I saw we didn't connect yet on uh, an email. If you have any questions, uh, get back to me or something to have a, an extra um, uh, touch point in the flow. Nice. Yeah, I think it make, makes a big difference reaching out, especially as a founder to, yeah. to people who sign up. Yeah. For our new signups, it makes a lot of difference. They're generally uh, impressed by our uh, uh, sort of uh, customer service because of that. Because usually, I mean, we give a lot of good customer service, but it's hard to find out because if you, uh, you as a user, you don't respond to our messages because you, you believe that we're going to try to lure you into something. Or I don't know. It needs some other proof of that somehow. So that's why it works well, I think. Thank you. I'll definitely implement the LinkedIn Auto Connect. It's, it's a really cool thing. Do you have any resources, books, or anything you can recommend in terms of automating more stuff aside from the two articles that you're going to write so I can implement this myself? <laughs> I don't know a lot of good books about sales automation. I don't know any books about sales automation, actually. I'm trying this myself now, but I, I think if you Google uh, sales automation sales flare, and actually it's the case, then you can find a series of articles we've already written on sales automation. Uh, so just in Google, type sales automation sales flare, and you'll find some good stuff. Yep, I'll, I'll go through the blog and, and see if there's uh, something cool that we can include in the post that we do with or the show notes. Buy Salesflare, check it out. Do the trial. You'll get an automatic LinkedIn connection request from the founder. Yes, and you can test it. It will generally take uh, five to 10 minutes. Test it out for yourself. All right, cool. Actually, I already have an account, but maybe I'll, I'll sign up again to see if, if it actually works. Yeah. And, well, and you need what to. Do you do, what, do, what do you do with people that you already connect with on LinkedIn? Because I think we're connected on LinkedIn. Then it doesn't do anything. You also you need to use a, a non-Gmail address or anything generic like that. You need to use a company email address so it can detect the company name. Otherwise, I don't trigger it. Also, to just make sure that we don't just send connection requests. Spam random people. Uh, okay, makes sense. Cool. Well, thank you very much for being on the show. It's always a pleasure chatting with you. I usually always meet you at conferences, which is unfortunately not happening right now. No. But yeah, I hope we'll have better days and we can meet in person. Again, I hope so. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being on. Is your sales team spending too much time researching leads and accounts? We take over all the labor-intensive sales development tasks so your team can focus on building relationships and closing more deals. We don't just build lists. We take a strategic research-based approach to find your team qualified leads every day. Ready to start? Schedule your free consultation at taskdrive.com. That's T-A-S-K-D-R-I-V-E dot com. Thanks for listening to the How We Solve podcast. Dominate your market and crush the competition with our step-by-step playbooks. Subscribe right now in your favorite podcast player or visit howwesolve.com.